Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the Turn on the Jets podcast. I don't have to convince any one of those eight defensive coaches how effed up I am. These players, they want to defend MetLife Stadium for you guys. Here's your host, Joe Caparoso. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Turn on the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Joe Caparoso, owner of TurnOnTheJets.com. Going to do a little week one free agency TOJ roundtable reaction. We're going to talk to Dan Eason. We're going to talk to Greg Armstrong. We're going to talk to Dalvin Asario, three of our longest contributors to turn on the Jets who have been active in the recent days. Uh, reacting to the Jets' first four moves in free agency, we're recording this at about 8.30 Eastern time on Wednesday night. So as of this recording, and hopefully this is going to go live first thing uh, Thursday morning, the Jets have signed George Fant. Uh, to a three-year, $30 million deal to presumably be their new left tackle. They brought back Alex Lewis and Brian Poole, uh, and they have also signed Connor McGovern from the Denver Broncos to be their new starting center. Uh, as it stands now, uh, Robbie Anderson, Jordan Jenkins, still free agents. Jenkins not expected back. Jet fans still remaining hopeful that Robbie Anderson will be back. Before we jump into our different conversations, please subscribe, please rate, please review iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. If you have not yet, please subscribe to Badlands. Check it out. Turn on the jets.podbean.com. Connor Rogers and myself will record another episode this weekend recapping the entire first week uh, with a couple interviews mixed in from a a few different people from the beat, most likely still ironing out the details there. But if you haven't yet, Check it out. You get all 10 episodes of our audio docu-series and then ongoing free agency reaction pieces. Let's jump into our first conversation with Dan Eason. Dan, how are you doing? How are you holding up? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good, all things considered, you know. Hanging in pretty well. So you wrote about the Jets' decision to bring back Alex Lewis, a move that I think a lot of us expected, and I was actually kind of surprised he wasn't brought back before the league year opened uh, Lewis was the second sort of notable move they made after signing Fant. What were your initial reactions, both to the Fant signing and then the decision to bring Lewis back? Yeah, so I, I thought that uh, the Alex Lewis signing, I think, was kind of a victim of timing a little bit because, uh, you know, at the time, a lot of other signings have been made, you know, um, all the big name tackles that everyone was kind of looking forward to, uh, and including Garden uh, Tooney, were all uh, pretty much locked up. So really, there was a lot of like frustration in the air uh, just regarding, uh, you know, the Jets not landing some of these big targets. Uh, and then they kind of made the re-signing of Alex Lewis. 
Uh, and it, it kind of felt like, oh, like this is this is what we're doing amidst all this. But, you know, it's it's something that needed to be done. They can't afford to go into next year uh, with a big question mark, especially around the interior offensive line. So they did the smart thing and they locked up somebody who uh, performed better than expected uh, last season. And uh, it's someone that uh, Joe Douglas is one of his first moves bringing in uh, Lewis. And it, it worked out, I think, a lot better than anybody expected, especially considering the price of just, you know, a conditional seventh round pick. Um, so it ended up being one of the more consistent uh, features along the offensive line last season, which was just a mess, you know, and constantly in, uh, you know, turnover and uh, turmoil. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it, it was it was interesting to see kind of, uh, you know, people kind of see the the, the, the light behind it or the uh, reason behind it. Eventually, uh, they really needed to make sure that they had somebody who at least started games for them last season uh, and knows the system, but also like uh, would at, le- at worst uh, or a, at best, I guess, would be a depth sighting. Uh, if they do end up si- finding somebody better, if, you know, let's say a rookie comes in and ends up performing way better and takes a spot, then it's all gravy. You have some depth along there. Um, so it's really a sighting that they they definitely needed to make. And like you said, they probably could have done it earlier. Um, and they would have kind of saved themselves a little bit of the, uh, the backlash a little bit. But, um, yeah, it was a smart move. Um, and then uh, George Fant uh, signing as well um, was uh, – also, a little bit uh, of a cost for concern. Uh, I think that one was a little bit more uh, justified because uh, everyone who's watched the Seahawks last season uh, had a little bit of concern in their heart when they heard that uh, the Jets were getting somebody from that group. Uh, but I think the upsides um, are starting to be well documented. I know that uh, there's a lot of uh, Joe Douglas has a lot of friends, um, and I think that a lot of them are kind of helping. People see the positives in uh, the George Fant signing, um, and uh, you know his athleticism. Uh, you know a lot of the measurables are good, but really it's the consistency that the Jets need, and that's what they really lacked last season. Um, and it's I don't know if this signing is particularly good in that sense, but um, yeah, that it was kind of a. <laughs> there were two signings that served two different purposes. Uh, obviously, Fan had a, was a lot a bigger contract. Uh, that of probably a starter, but uh, yeah, I think the reactions were similar. But uh, you know the the end the end uh, justification I think uh, for the Alex Lewis signing I feel like made more sense. Uh, whereas the George Fant one was kind of a concern, um, but understandable considering that most of the names had started to kind of fall off. Yeah, I think it's going to be a question of how the rest of the offseason shakes out and what they pl- how they plan to use Fant and what they're expecting of him. If this contract, if you're just looking at it within what he's being paid this year and they think he's going to be a plug-and-play starting left tackle and that that's just going to be their answer there, that is probably a cause for concern. He just doesn't have the resume to you know believe that he could step in and start for full 16 games. I think... The talent and the athleticism is there. I think it's a it's a higher ceiling uh, move than just going back to Beecham, but also one with a lower floor. Can he stay healthy? Can he be consistent? Can he be an every down left tackle? And is that how it's going to shake out uh, post-NFL draft or post any potential trades that they make? 
Um, I think he's the kind of guy who you feel really, really good if he was like a backup swing tackle, kind of like the Seahawks had him. Uh, I think they're gambling that he can develop into being a productive starter here. And they've, you know, they've gone to this Seahawks well of offensive linemen so frequently in recent years. We had Brino Giacomini, which did not work out. You had James Carpenter, which did work out for a year or two before he really fell off. And then with Fant, you know, this is basically a one-year gamble on if he if he can be a starting caliber player. And I'm just curious how they assess him internally compared to guys like Adoga, and then who they end up taking in the NFL draft. If that guy is someone they think can play left tackle, or if that player is going to be their right tackle, and then Fant is just going to be the guy they go with, because it would seem that. It's unlikely they're probably going to go get a Trent Williams. I don't know if Jason Peters is going to happen here. I know he's enticing as sort of a one-year option. I just don't know if he's going to come here. Um, are you expecting any more additions at offensive tackle outside of the NFL draft? I mean, it's hard to say. I, I mean, we we all want the uh, we all want the Trent Williams trade. I feel like to happen, but uh, it's just. I, it seems like that is kind of hit at an impasse. Um, maybe that may change the closer we get to the draft. But um, it, it, I feel like Peters and Williams are two names that the Jets have kind of been floating around, or um, particularly, definitely Jets fans have been, uh, you know, keeping in mind at least. Um, and I feel like those would be very secure, well, somewhat secure decisions. I feel like the uh, Injury history with Trent Williams is a concern, but at the same time, uh, you know, it's somebody who's well above anything else that they've had at that position, period. Um, I think for him personally, going from a team like Washington that really mishandles his situation um, to a team like the Jets, who's already had uh, their own issues with, you know, player trust in terms of, uh, you know, their medical advice. Um, it could be problematic, even if it is a you know a trade where you kind of you know may not have a say in it. Um, it could be kind of a problematic marriage um, right off the bat if there's no trust there. Um, in terms of Peters, obviously he's a little up there in age, but I think you know Andrew Whitworth just got another contract, uh, so he's like 95 years old uh, and still playing a solid left tackle for the Rams. Um, so I mean if. They feel like Jason Peters is a viable option. Um, obviously, Joe Douglas' connections with Philadelphia uh, would give him a little more insight there. Um, then it's an avenue then they, they should definitely consider. Um, I think, like we, you said, uh, fan as a swing tackle is definitely a preferred uh, <laughs> uh, you know, situation for them. I think uh, if they're able to bring in a veteran, um, somebody who can get acclimated quickly and somebody who kind of lead their group, I feel like they haven't had that in a very long time. Um, somebody, you know, whose play can stay at a certain level uh, can give them a little bit more uh, respect in the locker room and the ability to kind of help develop younger uh, offensive linemen. Would be, it would be great to have somebody like that along the offensive line before the draft so they can kind of bring in uh, some younger guys to learn from that. But, you know, uh, we'll see. I mean, that those, those I feel like those would be, um, you know, ideal targets, but uh, – it, it seems like they're not looking, uh, you know, to really do any splashes or anything like that. They kind of want to take it slow from what we've been hearing. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be, uh, you know, uh, 
they'll be pacing themselves in free agency, and I'm not necessarily expect, expecting any more, you know, sort of massive, massive splashes, just a couple more targeted additions, uh, particularly along the offensive line and hopefully overall on the offensive side of the football. Dan, thank you for joining us. Thank you for your continued work. You could follow Dan on Twitter at Jets and Jolliffe. I will tweet it out when I tweet out the link to make sure that you are following Dan. And you could also check out his writing at turnonthejets.com. Dan, we will talk to you, I am sure, at other times during this quarantine. And uh, stay safe out there. <laughs> Thank you. Have a good one. And we are now joined by our second guest for tonight's today's podcast, when this actually gets published, Greg Armstrong of TurnOnTheJets.com. He wrote our initial reaction to the most popular move of the New York Jets offseason so far, signing center Connor McGovern. Greg, how you doing before we start talking about our favorite new center? I'm getting by. It's weird to actually have to be into my in my apartment for hours on end. Um, but this is the way it is now. You get a lot of free time to just watch a whole bunch of old football games and old basketball games. So I got a library card, not to brag. So I got like 15 books that I'm I'm going to try to read while I'm working from home. There you go. And I, you know, <laughs> judging from the Twitter, you're you're someone who's accustomed to hanging out at home and being all right with that. And you're setting Listen, a good I'm example. In- I've been I've been practicing this self uh, social distancing for the past 25 years. I mean, I've I'm ready for this. That's it, man. You got to everyone's got to do their part, do their 111, <laughs> sit on your couch, listen to podcasts, watch TV, order food, eat and don't go anywhere and keep mm-hmm. your 6 feet from everybody if you do go somewhere. Please. Now, let's talk Connor McGovern a somewhat quiet start to Jets free agency. The, the same cycle happens every year. Free agency starts. The Jets are a little quiet. Everyone has a massive panic attack. They make a move that everyone likes, and everyone overreacts to being extremely happy. And then this pendulum goes back and forth and back and forth. I think we can all say with confidence that the move that we liked the best so far was them going to get Connor McGovern, a good young center from the Denver Broncos filling a long-term position of need. What were your initial thoughts and reaction to the move, and why should Jet fans be so excited about it? When I first saw it, it was it was more of a sense of relief. I mean, we we spent all these months and weeks talking about how we want to sign or how the Jets want to sign these top tier guys like a Jack Conklin. I know Glasgow was a, a popular name amongst Jets Twitter, and like you were saying, it happens every season. We talk ourselves into having all this cap space, having all these you know top tier free agents, and then one by one they're signing elsewhere. So seeing McGovern sign. A, it was just a sense of relief, and B, it's a huge need for the Jets. I mean, having the offensive line that they did last year, having zero continuity along that offensive line the entire year, you see how big of a drop-off from a guy like Nick Mangold was to a Spencer Long and a Jonathan Harrison and a Ryan Khalil. And I think McGovern comes in and, I mean, he immediately boosts the talent level of the offensive line tenfold. And having a guy that's young, you know, not – not signing a filler guy for such an important position is huge, especially with a young guy like Sam. And I know um, David Aiken was saying on Twitter that we have to completely throw out the capitalizing on Sam's rookie window now uh, because of re-signing Adam Gase. But having a, a center um, that's 26 years old, super young, kind of still in his prime, uh, there for Sam and having a, a smart guy, a guy who had zero penalties last year, um, that's big. And having a guy who Sam can work with and can grow with over the next couple of years before he hits that big money um, free agency for himself is is huge for this team. Yeah, I agree. I think look, this center is such a key position on the offensive line, and we you know since Mangold has left, we've had the 
Wesley Johnson, the Ryan Khalil, um, the Spencer Long. Ugh. It's just been it's been ugly. And you know, I think McGovern is like the one spot right now you could put like a big green check mark and be like, we feel good about that spot. The other four spots, I think, like we know Alex Lewis is going to start at one of them. You know. It, can you count on him to be healthy and be good? I think the jury's still out a little bit. I understand why they brought him back, though. Same with Fant. If he's going to end up starting and then the other two spots, we still have the NFL draft and you know a couple other moves potentially to be made out there in free agency. Um, is there another you know sort of larger domino that you're expecting to fall, or are you, are you anticipating more of sort of a, a moderated approach the rest of the way. I'm not sure I'm really expecting another big splash, at least on the offensive line. It feels like the next big domino to fall is probably Robbie Anderson, whether he stays or goes. But is there any other names externally that you're keeping an eye on right now? I mean, from my perspective at this point, it seems like the only quote-unquote big domino that would fall would be if they traded for Trent Williams as far as offensive line goes. Um, I think not uh, missing out on a Tooney and a Conklin and all that money that we, you know, selfishly pre-allocated to those guys at offensive line. It might be worth exploring, uh, especially as we dip deeper into free agency and maybe the price will go down on Trent Williams as far as, you know, compensation and then giving him a new contract. Um, but I think Douglas, he said it uh, all off season was, you know, we want to rebuild the offensive line, but we don't want to make, you know, a bunch of big money splash plays. We kind of want to build it strategically. We're not going to break the bank and, you know, missing out on those top tier guys. I think he's staying true to his word. And I think he's going to, we're going to get a couple of, of more guys who are, you know, above average, maybe, average starters and then he's going to really attack the draft which is something that i'm praying he can get right because it's something you know that mike mccagnan failed to do outside of round one and that's where you really build your entire roster not just offensive line you need need to get guys in the third and fourth rounds it's easy to hit on first round picks it's a lot harder to hit on those later round guys and you see constantly teams that are successful they build through those backgrounds of the draft so I think if they don't make a move for Trent Williams, it'll ultimately be just a couple of other guys here and there on the offensive line. I don't see them trading for a guy like Ngakwe. I think the, the price tag would be too too up for him. Um, and Clowney, I don't want anything to do with him. Um, so I think you just addressed more of those needs in the draft as opposed to free agency now. The Jets also um, brought back Brian Poole today on lower money and – I think most of us expected one year, $5 million. I think everyone was pleasantly surprised at how cheap that was. I think all of us wanted and expected him back, uh, just not at this not at this cost. So a really nice value signing by Joe Douglas, somewhat similar to the contract he built out for McGovern. Um, what are your thoughts about why maybe Poole settled for a one-year deal and why he ended up being cheaper than so many people expected? I think it's it's starting to become a trend right now where guys are hitting the open market and the, the value and the money that they want is just not there. Um, I don't know why. I don't know if there's something that we don't know about Brian Poole, but I mean, he was the Jets' second best player, I would argue, outside of Jamal Adams last year. So getting him back on, on just a $5 million contract is huge. Um, I, th- I don't know why it's just one year. That's something that, you know, Kind of boggles my mind. You would think, like you were saying, that maybe you get him on like a two- or three-year deal. Um, but I'm fine if he comes back. Maybe it's just another prove-it deal and then, you know, not just a flash in the pan and then you give him big money next year. But all in all, I'm just super pumped to have him back. That was a one of the main guys that they needed to re-sign outside of Robbie, and I'm just glad the deal's done. 
Greg Armstrong, thank you for joining us. I don't doubt we're going to talk a lot more during our extended quarantine. You could follow Greg on Twitter at Greg Armstrong underscore. Follow his writing at turnonthejets.com. Uh, also does a lot of good work for us on Instagram uh, and has a few other different projects going on. So follow him on Twitter and you'll get to follow all that. Greg, we will talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Everybody wash your hands. Wash your hands, please. Thank you. And now we're going to wrap our podcast talking with Dalbin Asario, our longest tenured member here at Turn on the Jets. You guys are all familiar with his content, his audio content, his writing content, his Twitter content. <laughs> Dalbin, how you doing? How you holding up? Oh, man. I, you know, I look for you remember when the blackout happened in, in NYC and like, you know, folks got to survive the blackout shirts. So I'm very much looking forward to getting, you know, I survived Corona shirts or something like that. But uh, yeah, no, I'm good, man. I'm do, doing well. I uh, hope you and the family are doing well, too. Being home with Leah has been, you know, stressing, but we're making it work. We're making it work. That's true, man. We got all we got to do our part and we just got to stay home, wash our hands and do the best That's we it. can here. So. As of this recording, we are a few days into free agency. The Jets have basically made four moves. They have signed George Fant, they have signed Connor McGovern, and they brought back Alex Lewis and Brian Poole. I think Lewis and Poole coming back were things that most of us expected to happen. I think the money they got Poole on was a pleasant surprise. Uh, McGovern has sort of been the the headline move so far, getting a, a dynamic young center. Fant has sort of been the one divisive decision. It depends on, I think, how they're going to use them, and I don't know if we have an idea of what that's going to be yet. It, the Here are mixed signals. you know, With how the contract is structured, it does seem they expect him to be a starter this year, but they do have an out after one year. Can that change after the draft? I'm not sure. What What are your thoughts through three days of this? And more also, what are your thoughts to how fans have been reacting to everything? Yeah, I mean, I for one, I love the McGovern signing, I, and, and I – before other Connor tweeted off of the athletic and got paid big bucks for it. I said that uh, he only allowed one sack in 609 pass snaps last year, which is huge, right? Like that's, that's incredible to, to, to think from a center person uh, position. And you're, what you're seeing is a lot of fans are saying, Oh, well, you know, it doesn't matter. Centers aren't really ever singled up yet. Yeah, tell that to whoever's standing across from Chris Jones or Aaron Donald. <laughs> if, if, if they, if they don't deserve credit for only allowing one sack, I think McGovern is a great signing. He's also young, which is kind of what we're seeing kind of a trend with, uh, you know, even with fans. Um, I think, so I'll be honest. And, and you know, there's like, I, I'm very worried about the Jets going into next season to protect Sam Darnold with with Fant at left tackle and either Udoga, not Shell because he just left to you know he just, he, he just left, but like Udoga at right tackle because Udoga was really bad. And then Fant in one game, I, I tweeted this out too, like when he played it, it was, again because Adam Gates will leave him singled up against Miles Garrett against the Browns. He allowed eight quarterback hurries, one sack, and again that was a theme for 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 him. So I. I worry, you know, I worry, I, I worry a lot about him being penciled in as the left tackle. I feel much better if he was penciled in at the right tackle opposite a guy like Trent Williams or even, I mean, I guess the fallback could be Jason Peters, who's 38 years old and ancient. Um, but I think, I mean, the McGovern move is the, is the highlight so far. And I really, really like that move. Bringing back Lewis, who was probably their best or second best offensive lineman. That's good. Bringing back Poole was good. Uh, so, so far he's three for four, you know, in the four moves that he's made. I've liked three of them. I haven't liked one of them. I think Jet fans, it's it's fascinating, you know, because and it's fascinating what you know appearances and uh, and press conferences do because this is a very methodical start to the off season, right? Like this has not been, 
McCagnan last year or even McCagnan's first year, you know, where, where they're throwing out money. This is much more John Idzik taking your time. I mean, Idzik's best, Idzik's top free agent signing was, was Eric Decker traded for Chris Ivory. And those, again, those are kind of name moves, but they're not Le'Veon Bell, CJ Mosley. They're not trading for Brandon Marshall or anything like that. They're very methodical moves. Very, you know, like we're going to build this, this way. But my worry, and this is what I think a lot of fans are seeing, is that this wasn't a team, Joe, that was like one player away or two players away. And there were a lot of difference makers that got scooped up, like Jack Conklin got scooped up and he didn't get a lot of money. Right. The worst contract I think so far that's been given has been the Bengals giving Trey Waynes a deal. You know, and, and he may be he may be the anomaly. He may be the anomaly for bad contracts or we're about to see a lot of really bad contracts. But I think Jet fans are worried. And I think it I, I can see why, because I think that. Had you walked out of this offseason with Jack Conklin, so that solidifies the right tackle spot, you still had signed McGovern. Maybe you still signed Wisniewski, right? Like, that's an offensive line that you're like, you know what, now if we can swing a trade for Trent Williams, now you have a really good offensive line. Whereas, like, now you're almost pigeonholing yourself to taking an offensive lineman at 11 in the draft, and there's a good chance the top four are gone in the first 10, you know, which leaves you with, you know, none of the top tier tackles. So I think fans are reacting rightfully so for the first time in a really long time. Yeah, I think, look, this is not a team that is one or two players away. And it's a weird situation because I do feel like they can have a good offseason this year. And I think they still very, and I think they're in the early steps of doing some positive things. And we'll see how the draft goes and the rest of free agency goes. I still believe, unfortunately, there's going to be a ceiling to what this team could do because of their coaching staff and because of their schedule, most likely. Uh, if everything stays as it's currently currently configured, that doesn't mean that Joe Douglas adding some building blocks here is not critically important to maximizing the final three years of Sam Darnold's rookie contract, which the Jets are staring down the barrel of right now. So I don't have a problem with him not being hyper-aggressive in free agency. I don't think, you know, Jack Conklin ended up breaking the bank. Uh would he have probably been a safer bet than Fant? Yeah. Uh, that being said, I think Douglas did a really, really nice job prioritizing and getting McGovern, and that was a big area of need, and not saying, you know what, we're going to be okay with Jonathan Harrison and a day-two rookie at center. Going out and fixing that position is a really encouraging sign, and this is going to be a process, and you know, the AFC East is going to be weird and different next year. We don't know who the Patriots quarterback is going to be they obviously still have the coaching staff and the infrastructure where if they plug in a halfway decent answer at quarterback, they're still going to be the Patriots to some extent. Buffalo has made a big move in getting to Stephon Diggs. They brought back Quentin Spain. Uh, they're a well-run team. Uh, and Miami has been really aggressive because they have a ton of cap space and they have a ton of picks. So we're going to assume that they're probably going to leave with Tua or another new young quarterback. They added Byron Jones to that defense. They added Shaq Lawson. They added Kyle Van Noy. They're going to be much more competitive than they've been. So where the Jets fit in this still remains to be seen. But I don't think we got to you know rip our hair out three days into free agency because <laughs> Joe Douglas didn't break the bank in a few different places. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think when you look at the AFC East, right, like – Buffalo, Buffalo is clearly operating like, like rightfully so, like they're the best team in the division, right? Um, and so they they see a window. Miami also though is operating like a team that sees a window too. And I kind of got to tip my hat to them a bit because they're a team that you're right. They came in with a ton of cap space, but they also have a ton of picks from the Laramie Tunsil trade, from the Kenyon Drake. Uh, the, uh, well, for, they just have a lot of picks. They just have a ton of picks uh, from the Minka Fitzpatrick trade. They also have picks. Um, so you're looking at a team that. 
tackled, you know, they went and got the best corner available. They got Shaq Lawson, added Van Noy, and then now they can turn their attention in the draft to getting, you know, the quarterback of the future, whoever it is for them, getting him a wide receiver. If they walk out of this offseason, if they walk out of this draft with, say, Tua and and Jerry Judy on that offense, right? Then now suddenly you're talking about, and Brian Flores did a heck of a job and Tua wouldn't have to play right away. Cause you have Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, the jets, you're right. We, they don't have to rip their hair out. So I, I mean, I, I think that's where the jet fans are. I think you see kind of a lot of them saying patience, but I think the other side of it is, is that now we know that Tom Brady's not going to be the quarterback there, Joe, like your in-laws are going to have to find something else to get on you about because the Patriots are going to be bad. And so I, I, I wonder, I wonder if had Joe Douglas known, maybe a week ago that Tom Brady wasn't going to come back. Would he have, would he have attacked the offensive line a little bit more aggressively or would he have still done this kind of slow play, you know, going through day three so far? It's interesting. I, I'm curious to see how aggressive Miami stays the rest of the offseason. I'm curious yeah. to see where New England goes at quarterback. I, I can't see any world where it's going to be Jared Stidham. Maybe they go get Jacoby Brissett. Maybe they do something else. I, I, I don't know. I think they have something planned. As for the Jets, you know, my hope is that they just stay aggressive on offense. There's still a lot more work to be done in my mind on the offensive line. Don't settle for Brian Winters coming back as a starter. Don't settle for a rookie, Adoga and Fant being your top three tackles. I think that that's risky. I would still be working to add more depth and flexibility there. Uh, and then at receiver, every day that passes, it makes it more likely that Robbie Anderson is going to come back, which would be great. And it sounds like they might be able to get him at less money than most of us expected. And I hope that's the case. If they can't, it's going to be very interesting to see like what their pivot plan B is. So, you know, those are sort of like the big two dominoes offensively that needs to fall, you know, cornerback. I'm not sure I really expect them to be that aggressive. There's not much left out there anyway. I think they're going to probably try to address it in the draft and maybe see who gets cut over the summer. And then edge rusher, maybe go take a swing on a guy like a Marcus Golden. Uh, now that it seems like Jordan Jenkins isn't coming back and Fowler's off the market, I could see that type of move uh, making sense. Before we wrap, any other particular names that you're hoping that they kick around before free agency slows down in the next week or so? Oh, I, I definitely want them to go take a swing at Davion Clowney, who clearly has not had the market that his that his agents lied to him about and told him he would have. Um, and you know, and I said this, I said this earlier. Like, I if I were them, I would have doubled up on two edges, you know, whether it was Fowler and Beasley, you know, Fowler now goes to Atlanta and Beasley goes to Tennessee, or is it, you know, was it Clowney and Fowler then after Beasley up and now Fowler's gone. Um, I think that the one thing that Jadavian Clowney would bring to this team, and somebody has said this earlier, oh, well, you didn't really get a lot of sacks. The thing is that Jadavian Clowney is a different kind of edge rusher, which is why you wanted to pair him with Dante Fowler, who Dante Fowler is, he's a sack getter. That's, that's kind of what he is, right? Like a lot of folks will point to last year as like, oh, well, he was playing on a loaded line. Um, but what you also saw was a more motivated player in Dante Fowler. That's, that's kind of what you saw. Um, but so you look at, you know, you you have Quinton Williams. Hopefully he comes to training camp with no guns on him. But you have Quinton Williams. So you bring you bring him back. You have McClendon back. Hopefully Henry Anderson's last year wasn't an anomaly, right? Because he was really bad last year. Um, you know, you got a lot from Shepard. You got a lot from Foley. But what you need is a guy that can be moved around, very similar to Jamal Adams from the safety level. And Jadavion Clowney is that kind of guy for Greg Williams. Like, he'll line up at edge. He'll line up, you know, with his hand in the dirt. And I think he could be an incredibly productive player for Greg Williams. He's also still a really good player. I think folks... Folks need to understand, like, the Jets are not a they're not a team that can afford to be picky on talent. They're not a team that can be like, oh, you know what? So you mentioned guard, right? Like, I would prefer for them to go and get Josh Klein and cut Josh Klein and cut 
Brian Windsor's because Klein was better than him and he's been better than him. And he's probably going to come in a little bit less than what you're going to pay Brian Windsor, $7 million right now. So for me, honestly, I, I would look at Clowney. I think Clowney has a lot still left. Desmond, Desmond Trufant, the Falcons are expected to cut him. You need a veteran at that corner position because, again, you cannot go into next year with Bless Austin, Brian Poole, and Daryl Roberts. That's just not going to work. Mackenzie Ale Alexander's another guy, former first round pick. He's available too. Um, you could maybe try and take a stab at Logan Ryan if you wanted a veteran target. A veteran corner. They mentioned Prince Makamura, who again could be another target as well on the offensive line. Like I mean, I keep, again, I keep, I keep saying this: go trade for Trent Williams because again, if you go out there, enter, if you go into this draft and it's Fanta left tackle, Adoga at right, Lewis, McGovern, and Harrison. Say those are your five. Now I'm telling you that is that is an offensive line that you have to take a left that have to take a left tackle in the draft. You have to because you just cannot do that to Sam Darnold. Whereas if you have Trent Williams penciled in at your left tackle, and then you have you have a Dogan fan battling it out for the right tackle position. You have Lewis, you have again Klein and and and, and McGovern. That's a good five. You can take the best player available at that point. It could be a wide receiver if you've lost Robbie. And again, the hope is that you bring back Robbie because you're not. Doing this is this is this is the thing with with and we talked about this a lot, Joe. The Browns went and got Baker Mayfield, Odell Beckham, Austin Hooper. They they got him Kareem Hunt and they went and got him Jack Conklin, right? The the whoever the Dolphins guy is going to be, like they they've got him enough cap space and picks to get him more weapons, right? Uh, Kyler Murray, they just got him DeAndre Hopkins. So you have to give your young quarterback a chance. And if the Jets go in there with the makeshift offensive line they have now. And the only receiver under contract is Jamison Crowder because you don't know what you're going to get from Quincy Nua. Then honestly, just throw Sam Donald away because he's never going to be he's never going to be the quarterback that you drafted him to be with that kind of infrastructure around them. Joe Douglas needs to kind of speed this up because this is also entering year three of Sam's of Sam's uh, contract. And right now, he's probably he's I mean he's he's the fourth out of the, the top four guys. He's the one that has not had any type of success. Any type of success. Baker Mayfield has won more games than him. Lamar Jackson just won an MVP. Josh Allen just made it to the playoffs. Then he's probably going to win a division next year. So you got to speed this up a little bit for, for Sam Darnold's sake. Dalvin Asario, a pleasure as always. I'm sure we're going to talk plenty more in the coming yes, weeks. Sir. Everyone follow him on Twitter at DA underscore Asario. Follow his work at turnonthejets.com. Follow him on Twitter again for all the great things he is involved in right now. Dio, thank you for the time. We will talk soon. Thank you.